Um, so I'll perhaps describe my slides as I go, and I'll blog my notes um, so people can follow up on references. Um, I'm Mia Ridge. Thank you for having me here. I'm uh, a sort of a latecomer to academia in some ways, so I'm interested in academic engagement from two sides. For the past decade or more, I've been a museum technologist. Um, but now I'm a PhD student in the Department of History at Open University, where I'm investigating issues around academic and amateur historians and scholarly crowdsourcing. And I think you've heard a lot about crowdsourcing over the past few days, so I won't go into that so much. Um, but as I've moved into academia, I've discovered that there's a big disconnect between academic discourse, theorising, um, and museum practice itself. So often projects will be promoted as the latest big thing in academia, and you're like, well, it's actually five years old in museum practice. Um, or vice versa, there's a lot of um, work that museums could really benefit from that they're not learning about from academia. Um, and I think that's partly because they're the different ways of working between practitioners and academia make connecting quite difficult. We speak different languages, um, we have different goals in collaborating, we have different ways of working, we work at different timescales. Um, so there's a lot of reasons why it takes time to get to know another sector and to work out how to work together. But I think it's worth doing because the reward is more relevant research that has a greater impact. Um, it can be research that's newer, um, more cutting edge, um, with direct benefits for practitioners in the relevant field. And direct benefits for the researchers because you have an edge if you're actually working with practitioners because you're getting all that knowledge coming in from them. Um, I tend to focus on engagement through participation, so asking people to be active in their encounters with museum content or knowledge in some way. But I think engagement can be as simple as blogging in accessible terms. Um, thinking about things like sharing the questions that drive your research. So before you go into what you've done, go back to why you were interested in that thing in the first place. What drove you on in thinking about that question? Because that's a really nice way to invite people in um, to sort of come on that journey with you in a way. Um, it might mean looking at answering common questions that come from your research that might actually be a lot sort of more basic than the research that you're doing, um, but it's another way of helping build up people's knowledge and giving them a sense of the context of the field in which you're working. Um, so as long as you know, you're writing those journal articles, we're also thinking about other ways of engaging people, and you've probably learned a lot about social media engagement as well over this um, week. The, it often looks like marketing because it's using social media channels, but it's not marketing because it's actually, hopefully, a conversation. It's not just broadcasting out at people. So I, I wanted to talk about four points, which is really just planning it, doing it, meaning it, and enjoying it. Um, and the planning, I think, is important. For a long time, museums have worked with two kinds of publics. They've worked with people coming in through the door. They've worked with volunteers. Um, museums often have interactives where it's sort of have your say, tell us what you think about this kind of thing, um, much as the broadcast media do text in to vote on the BBC poll, do a, a poll on the Guardian website, whatever. Um, but no one really listens to the answers, so it's a quite shallow encounter in some ways, and it's, I think, quite cynical in some ways, because if you're asking a question and you don't listen to the answer, it's actually quite rude. Um, Museums also work with volunteers, but I think they tend to think of them as being... So they, they value their productivity more than they actually value the knowledge that they bring. Um, 
so I think crowdsourcing is one way of bringing in that knowledge and expertise from other people and not just kind of using people as units that can do typing or cataloging. Um, the, one of the examples I was going to talk about is um, the Aramics project at the Science Museum, which um, is a, it came from the BBC Radiophonics <coughs> Workshop. It's an object that's really difficult to interpret. It's a box with wires hanging out of it. Um, but if you know any of the work of the Radiophonic Workshops, you'll know the original Doctor Who soundtrack, the theme song to this Doctor Who. That's the kind of music that these instruments were producing. Um, so the museum worked with members of the public, with electronic musicians, to help them interpret this object and explain that kind of importance that it had um, through things like co-curation. Um, and there's a model that I find useful um, it comes from citizen science or public participation in science research um, around what kind of contribution you're asking a member of the public to make. Is it just, are they giving you content? Do they have any agency, any control over the shape of the research project? Um, or are you just deciding where their contribution fits in? Or are you actually opening up and letting them say, well, I think perhaps the research needs to engage with this issue more as well as these other issues? Um, so it's worth thinking about how much control you're willing to give the public as well as what you, what you think you're going to get from the public when you're engaging in these kinds of projects. Um, so planning it right from the start is important. And then doing it, it's actually um, hopefully quite fun, but it can be really challenging as well. So one example is museums having Wikipedians in residence. Um, there's a really big overlap between what museums do and what Wikipedia does. It's all about getting people to the world's knowledge. Um, so museums have started working with Wikipedians to share knowledge, to invite people in to write articles. But museums don't do neutral point of view. They just don't believe that there's one point of view that, rep that is an accurate representation of the world. Where neutral point of view is a key tenet of Wikipedia's everything is aimed at representing a neutral point of view. Um, museums are generally object-centric. Wikipedia is knowledge-centric. Museums are very used to individual scholarship. They're used to institutional credentials. Wikipedia is all about your last edits. There's no such... Th the credibility that you have on Wikipedia comes from the references that you use and your editing history. So for museums who are used to saying, OK, you're from the British Museum, that's fine, you can say whatever you like, that model doesn't exist. Um, and Wikipedia is consensus-driven, and museums are very hierarchical. Um, so there are lots of challenges for these groups to negotiate, but actually the results are worth it. Museums are slowly learning to share authority, to actually say there's knowledge out there that is as valid as and important as what we know about our collections. But it takes time to learn to be open and to, to make those connections. Um, and in terms of meaning it, I think... Transformation has to be, it has to happen on both sides. Um, there's a definition from the National Coordinating Centre for Public Engagement where they say engagement is by definition a two-way process. It involves interaction and learning with the goal of generating mutual benefit. Making something open to the public is really easy to do. You can have an open day, you can put up a poster, you can write a blog post or a press release. But actually thinking carefully about how to reach people who are interested, how to engage them, how to make what you're doing relevant to them, um, that actually takes effort. Turning your work into intellectually accessible work as well as physically accessible work takes time and it takes effort. 
Um, and you have to mean it. Doing it cynically doesn't help you. It doesn't help the audience. Um, it's not really worth... Don't bother faking it. It's not worth doing it. Um, but you can actually ask people to help you in ways um, that take radical trust. So one of the examples I was going to show you was the Brooklyn Museum. Um, they have a crowdsourcing game where you can tag art objects with words that describe that object. They have another game where they invite trusted members of the community to delete inaccurate tags. Um, so they're actually handing control over and they're sharing control. So they're really meaning it. There's another museum that is actually asking people to decide which paintings to deaccession. They're not faking it. They're really saying, your opinion is going to have an impact. Um, and my final example was the National Library of Ireland on Flickr Commons. Um, loads of museums are using Flickr Commons. It's a nice way of sharing your content, making it available to the public, um, inviting people to help you research it and help you understand it. But the thing about the National Library is that they really enjoy it. Um, you can see that the people behind the account are enthusiastic about their content. They actually enjoy sharing it. They want people to know about it. Um, but they also seem to really like getting the responses back. So they update their records. They show how much they value the content by putting information from the public back into their own records and sharing it back on these public platforms. So it forms a kind of virtuous circle of saying, we value what we have to say, we value what you have to say. Um, and I think always, by definition, any collaboration around your work is going to involve working with people who are interested in what you do. So um, they'll bring new perspectives to it. They could be peers. They could be members of the public. They could be kids from a school down the road. They could be experts from um, local history groups, from anything. Um, so I suppose just in terms of, you know, enjoy it, you'll actually benefit because you get to look back at your research, remind yourself why you got into it in the first place, um, and um, you'll get to see people benefiting from your work. So I think that's why you should probably just get in and enjoy it.